0: Today I want to talk about fishing. You ready to go fishing? Of all the pictures in my mind that I have seen over the years, because I'm a product of church, I became the youngest charter member of the Wesleyan Fellowship Chapel located at 250 Hancock Avenue on the east side of Hamilton when I was two weeks old. I had prayed and fasted a long time to make that decision to join that church. My parents raised me in the house of God. I have have been in the house of God my whole life. Different places of worship, different states, different opportunities. There's very little about this thing called church that I wouldn't know. I could write my own set of books. I know what it is to be in the pew, I know what it is to be in the pulpit. I know what it is to have everything going your way. I know what it is to have everything fall apart. I know what it is to have people hug me and love on me. I've had people stab me in the back. You're not going to surprise me. But this thing called church is important. And it's his church. In that, of these pictures that I've seen from the time of Sunday school and in smaller classes on through, one of the most endearing pictures to me is the picture that we have seen giving us uh, that setting when Jesus came to the first of his disciples and they were professional fishermen and he came to them and said if you'll follow me I'll make you fishers of men. Would you stand with me as we read that passage together found in Matthew chapter four beginning at verse 18. And he called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Let it speak to us today. In Jesus' name. Now, before you're seated, I want to read the rest of it. Verse 23, And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease, every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria. Syria? Wow. Not Israel. And they... Brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the capitalists and from Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And before you're seated, those of you in house, turn around and somebody and say, Let's go fishing. Let's go fishing. By far, and I mean this to be a profound statement because some of you would think, I think he's off the mark with this statement, but I know I'm spot on. The most, by far, the single most important vocation for any believer is to be a fisher of men. It isn't just for the reverends. It isn't just for the prophetesses. It isn't just for the apostles. It isn't just for the worship leaders. It is every single one of us. You may be a janitor. You may be a bus driver. I like bus drivers, by the way. (laughs) Anthony, can I have an amen from you? I've never got an amen from you. Can I have an amen? (laughs) He's a bus driver. You may be a computer analyst. You may be a physician. You may be an educator. You may be whatever, but the By far, the most important vocation, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, is to be a fisher of men, a fisher of people. It's got to sink in because if we're not careful, we categorize and compartmentalize. And and these kind of people do this, and there's just some of us that come to church. We pay our tithe, we're, we're kind, we do whatever. No, we're all called to this role. To be fishers of people. to to fulfill that role. I'm here to tell you it is the path to fulfillment. When it's void in your life, there's something missing. That's profound. Billy Graham put it this way. He said, the destiny of men is the responsibility of each and every generation. We can't lean back to the generation that's already passed and do anything with it no other generation coming but the generation we have now whatever it is it's our responsibility we have to feel the weight of it we have to feel the privilege of it again it is that sobering thought so i have this simple thought because i've been here many a time with many a person when life is winding down Now, for some, they are taken out of this life in an accident, an aneurysm, other things that would cause it to be with a snap of a finger, immediate. But I've been with so many that had an illness that took them some time to pass. I've had others that wavered, and, and in those moments of, I think I'm getting better, they have those moments of reflection about their life. What is it, at whatever age you are, if your life would be winding up today, what is it, as you reflect, that you'd be the most proud about? What is it that has brought you fulfillment? What is it that you'd like to talk about? What is it when somebody comes up and says, I would like to have your story. We want to put it in a paper. We want, to, we want to do an article about you. What is it about you that's been so important? What is it that you value? Well, I would trust there would be more than one thing and I would trust that all of us would say family and the children that God has given me, the privilege, the grandchildren we've been rewarded with and on and on and on. My parents, whatever the case. But beyond some of those things that are givens, what is it that you would be the most proud about? I imagine most of us in that moment, in that setting, because again, I have all these voices speaking to me that I've been with as they were passing. I haven't heard them say, yeah, I've owned 99 cars in my life. Or, "I, I built three classic cars. Or, you know, we lived in 21 different homes. We paid three of them off over the course of life. I don't hear those statements. What I've heard over and over and over again, if the Lord gives me more time, I want to get more involved in church. I want to get more involved in something to help somebody else. Because you see, if we're not careful, life demands so much from us. Can I hear a hearty amen? Amen. That we find ourselves reacting to that. I've got to get this done. I've got to get this done. And we do have to get those things done. But if we're not careful, some of the most important things we never get to, or we feel like when I get income uh, enough income and uh, when i'm comfortable enough with my wealth then i'll get serious about it. how many knows that, that day of great wealth seldom comes <laughs> or when my kids are of a certain age or when we're empty nesters and the list just goes on no, you see, when life is winding down, you have this perspective. Now I'm looking over what seemed to be so long, but now it seems to be just a flash of time. What have I done for the kingdom? That sobering thought is I'm going to be judged. How am I going to be judged? Again, it shouldn't be a heavy in the sense that I feel guilty. It should be that thing of inspiration. Hey, I'm still here. And I can do something about it. No matter what your age is. No matter where you are. No matter how life has changed on you. And you didn't expect it. And you had to move. Or you got a different job. Or, or just something happened in the dynamics of the family. Again, what is it? For these men we see that they immediately left. Now they were followers of John the Baptist, but they've heard of Jesus. And when he comes by and invites them to be fishers of men, they immediately left everything that they had known. Not only do we find them leaving nets and boats, but the next two brothers leave their father sitting in the boat. I wonder what dad was saying to them as they walked off. You gonna make me clean all these fish by myself, boys? Oh, was he there? Yeah, I'm supporting. I'll get this done. I believe it was the latter. Zebedee comes across with such a profound name. So the big picture here is many of you like to fish and you know what it is to have a nice rod and reel and you've got all the bait. Some of you got the boats and you know that whole world. Dr. Jeff, you will come up and preach for a while. You're one of those. You've won many of a tournament because of that. And have enjoyed it, it's his outlet. But we find here every time they're fishing, they're fishing in a different form than what Dr. Jeff and others know. They were fishing with nets. Now that's important in scripture obviously because if you'll turn with me as well real quickly, Matthew as well, chapter 13 and verse 47. 13 and 47, and again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. And when it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So again, we see... This fishing with net is the visual that Jesus was witnessing as he's saying to these men, you're catching fish now, I'm going to teach you how to catch people. And they're doing it with nets. Now nets is a different kind of fishing. I I, I remember the great uh, philosopher, what was his name? Um, Oh yeah, Forrest Gump. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And so it is fishing with a net. You just really never know what's out there in that water and what's gonna get caught up in that net. Now, those of you that are professional fishermen, you've got certain baits for certain kind of fish and you go certain places and you got the equipment and you got all them little cheat sheets in the boat and you're seeing monitors and you're seeing where they're grouping in their schools. But when you're fishing with a net, Whatever's out there is going to get in that net. And that's the kingdom. That visual has to be there with us. Now again, I'm not a fisherman. I haven't fished in years, and I never was a good fisherman. As a child, I would go down to the river in our hometown. and You sure didn't want to eat anything and come out of there, but it sure was fun catching those fish. But th- I learned a few things about fishing, even though I'm not as qualified as many of you. If you're going to catch fish, these are some things I've learned. If you're going to catch fish, you got to go. (laughs) That may sound real simple, but so it is with the kingdom. If we're going to be fishers of people, we got to go. There's a great commission that says go into all the world and go fishing. Well, it's kind of paraphrased, but you got to get involved. You've got to go. It's not just going to happen. There has to be an effort. There has to be a desire. I'm going to go fishing today. Other things are coming out, but you know what? I'm going to put those things off because I'm going fishing today. I'm not going to have any fish on the grill on my back porch tonight if I don't go fishing. They're not just going to call an Uber and show up at my house and jump on that grill by themselves. I've got to go. And if I'm going to go, I also have to have the equipment to capture them. Whether it's rod and reel, certain lures and baits, or if it's a net. But you can get out there. You can go, but if you don't have the net or the equipment for that kind of fishing, you're not going to catch anything. Again, they're not just going to, hey, Randy's out there on the beach. He's out there on the shore. Let's just jump out of the water and land at his feet. Not going to happen. I know you're saying, Pastor, you're sure making it simplistic. That's that's intentional. Because you see, sometimes when you go fishing, it is drifting a little bit from the biblical picture of the net. Sometimes it does take the rod and the reel and a certain bait. When you care enough about people to be a fisher of people, sometimes you say, they're never gonna be out there where everybody else is. The net's not gonna get the job done. No, they're kind of sequestered over here, but I'm gonna get back in that cove And I know exactly the bait to reach them. Sometimes it's just uh, baking a pie and taking it over to them. Because nobody's ever baked them a pie. No one even sees them. I want to win them over. You see, a lot of it is just that simple. They're never going to know about our God if they don't know us. (laughs) We've got to take it personal. They're never going to know anything about him unless they see him in us. We become the poster children we become the billboards again this may be about the simplest message i've preached in a long time but you see it is speaking to all of us we are called to be fishers of people and above everything else and i think for the fisher people men and women of this house i'll get an amen on this if you're going to go fishing and if you're going to catch fish And you got the right equipment and you got the nice weather and everything else. You know what else you have to have? Patience. How many knows you've got to have great patience when it comes to people? Come on, people, get with it. Because people don't always act the way we think they're going to act or react the way we think they're going to react. And they may not just be wow because you walked into the building. I know it's a shock. <laughs> Some of the most rewarding times in my life when it comes to soul winning is when God puts somebody on my heart and I already know it. they don't like me. Or they don't know me. Or they don't think they like me. Or we don't have anything in common. But the Lord puts that tug in my heart. They're like how am I going to win them? That patience is incredible. Because too many of us try to push too hard too quick. You ever been there? And we push them away. Yeah, but I feel that urge. So, you know, you got to get saved right now. That probably won't work. But just loving on them, spending time with them, just being there. All these things come into it. So I want to close with this. We've just read about the amazing catch that the kingdom of God is talking about with that net. But it may not be what we thought it was going to be until we reread it. Because again, that's why I paused in the reading of what we call a text. Because again, he comes back, Matthew chapter 4 again. Verse 23, and when he went throughout all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction among the people, the fame went out throughout Syria and they they brought to him the sick. Wait a minute. We don't want sick fish. Those afflicted with various diseases. Well, I sure don't want my fish having diseases and pains. Oh, my goodness. How many people do I know that have pains? They are a pain. Amen. Just making sure you were there. Can I have an amen from you, Jim? Amen. <laughs> do you know why? No, I'm not going to go there. And he healed them. You see, the sick, the diseases, the pains, it went on and said those who are oppressed with demons, epileptic, paralytic. This is how I want to close today. Going fishing with a net. Sometimes you get out there and, man, we've scooped and scooped. We have biblical record of the fishermen fished all night long with those nets. And Jesus said, come on, let's go fishing. We've been doing it all night and we've caught nothing with nets. Well, cast your net out on the other side. You ever read that story real closely and put yourself in that boat with those guys? I know how I'd be thinking about Jesus in that moment. Are you kidding? Really? Where have you been all night while we've been out here fishing all night long? And you're saying throw the net on the other side? I mean, really? You think it's that simple? And then to be so shocked that the catch was so great, it about sunk the ship. I'm sure I would have had to gone to Jesus and apologize about 47 times. And so it is with the fishing, you can imagine, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, I'm going to make that effort, and oh, there's going to be the most beautiful fish. It's going to be tilapia. It's going to be salmon. It's going to be... This fish is sick. Diseased. This fish has epilepsy. These people have epilepsy, paralytic, oh my goodness, it just changes the whole concept because in our culture, that's not a successful catch. Boy, it's quiet in the house. But let me make it easier for us. How many of you are without issues in your life? (laughs) Did the pastor just say that? Aren't we amazed at God's grace in our life? Aren't we amazed that at that first entry point of salvation that he accepted us, we sure were a mess then, or so young then, or so inexperienced then, or so unskillful then. And then we look at our life now and think, he's still putting up with me. And here's the amazing thing, he's still calling us to be fishers of men. It's the infirmed catching the infirmed. It's the weak catching the weak. Come on somebody. And oh my, the beauty of this passage. And his fame went out through all Syria. That that, that just leaped from the pages for me. We're not talking about just the Galilee region. They're coming distances. And here's what is said, and he healed them all. Wow. That's why we go fishing. Because the ones we're catching needs to be caught. Mm, Come on, somebody. They're not out there just doing their thing and don't have a problem. They've got problems. Somebody needs to help them. And the privilege and the joy, I'm telling you, it's the fulfillment of life. When you reach somebody and you watch this glorious gospel change them day by day by day, moment by moment. Many years ago, working bus ministry, again, those days will always be special to me. From age 15 to 23, I don't believe I ever missed one Saturday knocking on doors. By the time I was 16, I was driving the bus on the Sunday. But Saturday, we knocked on the doors and checked up on all of our little kitties to make sure they'd be there the next day and then knock on a few more doors. I can remember I was picking up one particular boy and he was a demon of a kid. And my pastor's wife, I think her name was Nancy Langdon. As I was feeling sorry for myself because I had a bus full of kids now, and this kid, he was training me for my job today (laughs) of having a busload of screaming memes in the background, and you're just like, ah, I'm trying to drive this bus while you're all going nuts. And I went to Sister Langdon, and I said, Sister Langdon, what am I going to do with this kid? You remember what you said to me? Kids that create trouble are troubled kids. If there was ever a kid that got on that bus that needed Jesus, it was Luther. And we watched Luther give his heart to Jesus. That's when I grew bald, folks. I lost most of my hair driving that route. Stand with me today.